Chronicles of Leadership, Chapter 8, Jessica Starts Her Detective Agency. My mother never talks about her detective days, either to me or to my younger sister Penny, although Grandmother Elizabeth does when we visit her. When I started going to school, I discovered I was minus a father. Most of the other children had one. When I asked my mother to tell me what happened to mine, she would never answer directly. And then one day she told me that there had been a big accident and my father would not be coming back. But I kept asking for more. She kept sidestepping, not telling me what she knows. Eventually it all blew up into a big scene, me raising my voice, her pretending to be so cool. She tried to give me a hug, but unlike my grandmother, neither of us are much into hugging. I broke away. You're the detective, and if you won't find out, then I will, I said, closing the door firmly to make a point. That was when I gave up on her and decided I would become the detective, and I would find out what really happened to my father. Today I found my first client for my detective agency, although he doesn't know it yet. It all took place at one of those grand functions that my mother loves to make, The main reception was in the dining hall, and our living quarters are above it. I was lurking with my younger sister, playing a little game, when beneath us were the faculty members. My mother waved me down and introduced me to John Keane. I deduce he's a junior employee way down the pecking order. He works for Dr. Beamer in the beehive, as he calls it. I suppose you can't have a pecking order in the beehive without a horrible mixing of metaphors. Anyway, to my practised eye, it is obvious that Dr. Keane is a man with a consuming secret. His fixed smile and rapid eye movements suggest he needs practical help more than a social exchange of pleasantries. Glenda moved away, leaving Keane and myself attempting to engage in social niceties. What do you do? I asked him. This is an excellent opening which my mother often deploys against tongue-tied employees. I discover things, he replied. Me too, except I don't get paid for it. Not yet anyway, I replied wittily. Silence. Still no eye contact. I try again. What are you discovering now? I would have obtained a more revealing response were it not for the leering Dr. Brush, another occupant of the beehive. He'd been lurking glass in hand nearby. He reminds me of a frog with his eyes popping out and oily skin you wouldn't touch without kitchen gloves. He also drinks too much. That's Keane's big secret, he interrupted, lurching closer to us. He's working on what will be a world-shattering discovery. It's so secret he won't write about it. He won't tell any of his colleagues either. He certainly hasn't published it. Isn't that right, Keane? John Keane twitched visibly, which I could see gave the dreadful brush some pleasure. It's difficult, he said softly. Maybe I won't be able to solve it, ever. Yes, you will, I'm sure, I said. He needs my help, even if he doesn't yet know it. I wanted to find out more about what was troubling him, but the hovering present of brush meant I was not able to hold any further discussions with my first client and my first possible case. 
I must bide my time. I have found out more about the problems facing Dr. Keane. I overheard a conversation between my mother and Professor Snee. He's quite the most loathsome of that particularly loathsome species, the senior professor. The man is quite unsuitable, I heard Snee say. No one gave Keane permission to visit the zoo. Oh, Beamer probably did, my mother replied. Snee was not deterred. Even if he did, there's nothing about off-campus visit being permitted, either in the study guide or in the learning aims and objectives phase course. Anyway, it's quite pedagogically ridiculous. Keane teaches courses on business leadership. We're becoming the laughingstock of the academic community. I'm strongly against supporting his contract renewal. Oh, dear. Yes, I know, Lionel. You make your views perfectly clear regularly. That's not all. Scrivener tells me Keane has acquired a pet snake. Ridiculous man. It's called Pythagoras. Can you be sure he's not planning to extend his studies from primates to reptiles? Surely not. Very well, Vice-Chancellor, if you say so. But if it turns out that Keane has been engaged in further acts of academic suicide, I will have to make it known that I warned you in advance. So... My future client keeps a pet python and Professor Snee wants to kick him out of the university. My first case is beginning to take shape. I will do all I can to rescue John Keane from the coils of the sneaky snake-like Snee.